0: This is the Author Archive podcast. In 2023, much has been made of the fact that it's 60 years since the Beatles made their first album, which they did in a day. But 10 years after that, another Liverpool group with only three members made another album. They were The Scaffold. There was three of them. There was the poet Roger McGough, There was an all-round entertainer and funny guy, John Gorman, and there was also Mike McCartney, who, in this lineup didn't want to just get attention because he's Paul McCartney's brother. So at that time, he was called Mike McGear, gear being the sort of local Liverpudlian version of, oh, that's fab. And 1973, they were releasing an album called Fresh Liver, And um, I met them. We were all scarcely out of junior school. And at that time, listening back to it, you realise that being silly (laughs) and being sort of disorganised passed for creativity at that time. So, these three guys arrive in the studio and they're all sort of jolly and they're wanting to sell their album. So, young me... So, well, could you just identify yourselves, please? Yes, I'm John. You're John. Mm.
1: John Gorman.
0: Yeah, oh yes, oh yes,
2: definitely, all over. Right, and sitting next to you, with some he's excellent shades on. He's a very attractive brunette called Michael McGear. Right. I don't know about the brunette. And um, sitting next to me... Uh,
3: yeah, doodling, uh, Roger, Roger McGough, yes. Roger, doodling McGough. Roger, doodling
0: McGough. Right. Oh, uh, doodling, Roger.
3: Roger?
0: Collectively known, of course, as a squirrel.
2: As the pardon? As a pardon? Pardon? That's a school.
1: That's Scaffold in Hindustanese. Or is it uh, Runic? In Runics? Ah, yeah. Right. Mm. Old Runics, that is, of course. Which Southampton abounds, I might add, as well as Kangaroos abounding all over the place. Mm. send no more. All right, don't. I
3: right, won't. All right. like that? My turn. It, please,
0: please. Right. Got a new album out soon, I understand. No, it's called Fresh Liver. Ah, soon to be called Fresh Liver. Mm. Yes, out next week, I think,
1: isn't it? If it doesn't come out, yes, doesn't come so. out in a hurry, it's going to uh, be off-liver.
3: Yes.
0: Mm. It says release date 18th of May on
3: My ah. Little sheet, oh, no, 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 But it doesn't no. say ah. the year. Yeah,
2: See? Mm. Yeah. This is the album uh, due for deletion. Before it's released. I think that yes. next week, actually. I think it's, it's supposed to be this 18th. but It's put back, and it's now
3: sort of next week I don't that's, think I don't think it can hear you very well, actually, Roger. Sorry. That's better. That's Doesn't matter. It wasn't saying anything very important.
0: Right. I'm well, um, really just you know speaking uh, now, uh, by the way. I think um, if we could sort of set the tone a little higher.
4: Hertz.
0: Right. Now, after that, I think there's only one thing really that we can say. You called, sir.
3: Ah, there you are, Nickersby. Uh, Slip this uh, record on for me, would you, was a good chap? Very good, sir.
0: And so it went on in that vein. (laughs) Listening to it back now, it got tiresome from time to time, and it did feel as if Spike Milligan was there, at least in spirit. But um, I did manage to get a proper conversation with Roger McGough, uh, he has since gone on of course to be uh, a very established and revered poet and I asked him he'd been a student at Hull University where I had lived for a while not a university but in Hull and I asked Roger when he'd actually started being a poet
3: <coughs> I started writing in, in Hull actually writing poems and um and at the time it was very sort of, very few people seemed, never, never, n- nobody had read poetry aloud, it was just very much one thing, one kept reading it in a library and sort of thing. but so working with the, with the lads and doing shows, it was able, one was able to work the poems into the act, and now into, onto record really, and you hope they're not too sort of uh, academic or, you know, mm. put people uh, off just because
0: it sounds like a poem, you know. How did you make the transition from university to what you're doing now? Because I believe you went via school teaching.
3: That's right, yeah, I went straight from university into teaching the three years, and then um, uh, we got this offer to do like, a television show, so I dropped my chalk out of the window <laughs> and um, never looked back. <laughs> 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 look, out, look out, behind ah! you,
0: he goes? And I felt sort of confident that Roger was okay to ask, so I did, I, I was brave and said, could he read, recite, perform... A couple of his poems.
3: Double the favourites. Sh- two short poems. You know, another short yes. love poems. Like it goes, "It's not just sex. Don't talk like that. I love you, Mary. I mean, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's not a s- yeah, it's shorter one. Than don't me. get it. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Yes. Oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <coughs> no one. Another, one um, yeah. another love poem. Yeah. I wanted one life. You wanted another. We couldn't have our cake, so we had each other. See. Yeah.
0: When the three of you are working out things, how does it work? Do you sort of have this uh, somewhat uh, anarchic atmosphere and things come out of it or do you um, sit down very seriously and uh, tie a gag around that fellow over there and, um, or how does it work? It usually it comes out of, of um, sometimes talking
3: about ideas to write about and sometimes we'll just write a script and then we'll, we'll work the script and you know, if I write a script then we'll come and we'll play it and then things will creep in or sometimes if there's a certain sort of show we'll all meet and talk about the idea what the show will be about and things like that. And and throw in ideas. I mean, things change a lot. I mean, so we write the script, and the script is it's all scripted. I mean, it may appear very anarchy on stage. Yeah, because it's we're badly of rehearsed. That's part fact, <laughs> <part of laughs> yeah. yeah. But in a sense, uh, we tend to know what we're doing, but things like change each night because of the, the characters in the, in the in the
2: show. I don't yeah. think there's any show that we've ever done for, how many years is it? I think we were going nearly 10 years, believe it or not. Uh, I don't think Who's the song, by? That's a, Oh, baby, I love you. Um, I don't think there's any been any show, two shows that, like, you know, everyone is different so well, we get bored quick, people we get bored that. very quickly obviously you know in a sense it's it always keeps
3: you going I'm bored
0: already <laughs> yeah <laughs> which reminds me of a song but um, going back to the I album the board, track I am bored I am bored go
1: on Dave go on please oh, alright thank, thank you, you. No, I'm not actually bored I was only just saying that just because it seemed like the right thing to say at the time I mean it doesn't mean you have to mean anything you it, well, it yes I mean if we relied upon everything that was said as being the truth we wouldn't have any politicians would we I God, thought
2: it would
0: Ah, there was political bite even in 1973 when I was talking to The Scaffold. The reason I was talking to them, or they were talking to me, was because they were uh, trying to drum up sales for their new album, which was called Fresh Liver. The Scaffold is three people, Mike McGear, Paul McCartney's little brother, Roger McGough and John Gorman. And as I got them in a studio... Um, I thought there was time for um, a performance.
2: Let go!
3: cried Harry as Jennings squeezed his ear viciously.
2: And
4: if you're not back from the tuck shot with my buns and fizzy pop in two minutes,
3: Menace the bully. You're
4: really for it.
3: Harry broke loose and ran down the corridor, his ear smarting and his eyes streaming. As he turned the corner, he ran headlong into the head boy, Barry Nugent the idol of the lower school captain of the first 15 and cricket 11.
4: hello what's the hurry young'un
3: drawled his idol idly
4: oh crumbs i'm terribly
2: sorry nugent sir
3: muttered harry tear stemmingly
2: i say it's young
4: flashman isn't it the the new boy that's right and this is my first term here at fish Friars. i thought so uh, i say you've been crying what's the matter young shaver
3: harry bit his bottom lip
4: off I... I...
3: I... I, He stammered, feeling not a little ashamed in front of his handsome hero, whose blue curly hair and blonde eyes now assumed a more serious countenance.
4: I say, has someone been bullying you?
3: He asked. Harry was determined not to snitch.
4: It's that Jennings of the Fifth, isn't it? The school bully. Well... well... I... well... It's all right, young fellow, my lad. Everybody knows that Jennings is a... is, is a beastly rotter. You just come along with me, and we'll teach that cat a lesson he won't forget in a hurry. Harry.
3: So saying, Nugent strode adonously back down the corridor with Harry in tow. Once in a quad, they soon came upon Jennings, lounging with a few of his pinkly cronies, who immediately scampered on seeing the new arrivals. Jennings sneered. Dirty little sneak, he hissed, and went to cuff Harry. But Nugent was too quick for him. With the swift, graceful movements of a superbly trained athlete, He grasped Jennings by the wrist and pushed it behind his back.
4: Now then, Jennings, I'll teach you not to bully little chaps. Help, you're hurting me, Nugent,
3: said the coward, beginning to cry like girls do.
4: You're the sort of chap fish could well do without. What with your filthy habits like smoking cigarettes and telling dirty stories about women. (gasps) I'm sorry! Yelped Jennings. Being sorry isn't good enough, I'm afraid, said Nugent. This time you deserve to be punished. Harold, cut along to my study and fetch my cricket bat. I shall meet you behind the sports pavilion.
3: Feeling a schoolboy thrill of excitement, Harry ran all the way to the study, collected the bat, and headed straight back to the pavilion, where the other two were waiting, Jennings still sobbing cowardly.
4: What on my batting glass?
3: asked Nugent.
4: Oh, you never mentioned anything about gloves,
3: answered Harry, honestly.
4: Honestly? Honestly. Yeah, it's all right, it just pays to be a careful, that's all. Now then, Harold, watch how we deal with cads and rotters here at Fish Fryers.
0: And at that point, the track gets really quite violent.
2: Oh, yes, very violent, uh, really. Mm. Obscene, obscenely obscene, violent. Obscene, it? obscene, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know, I, I mean, I think... Uh,
1: this day and age of pussyfooting around, I think you know you need a bit of that. Without well, respect, we just get nowhere because we'd be frightened to ask questions. Say think. goodbye. Let's, let's say let's goodbye, go while, I'm just, <laughs> just, while I'm just filling in. <laughs> I'm in love with WPC Hodges. I'm in love with a wonderful lass. I'm in love with WPC Hodges. WPC Hodges is first class. I know not much. I'm all I've got. I'd keep her cool when she's very hot. She break my heart, but I'll still love her, cause she's my one true love, answer to my prayer. I'll do my best for her, build a nest for her, fulfill any quest for her, have me trousers pressed for her, cause... I'm in love with WPCRJs I'm in love with the
0: wonderful
1: lass I'm in love with WPCRJs WPCRJs is first class People have this idea that all all songs come out at Christmas except I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas should be, um, not this particular moment I'm not but I shall be later on if the weather keeps up that should be... uh, connected with Christmas, and therefore if it isn't actually connected with Christmas, if, if Santa Claus isn't actually walking across the, the record at one time during the three or four <laughs> minutes, or indeed is not even related, vaguely related Golly. to the engineer.
2: I'm in love with WPC Christmas.
1: Yes, yes, it has something there. Perhaps uh, hmm. perhaps you could go outside and put your head under your sleeve. I'll just Can't go outside me. and yeah, <laughs> uh, And it, uh, you know, th- there was a, f- a feeling... No, no you 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 under your sleeve. Under your sleeve. Very good. Very willing horse, I always think, Michael. <laughs> that people uh, you know, have to do it in this particular I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, it's unfortunate that Christmas has to be utilised just to release, you know, yes. 80 million records in that respect. So we, we, we thought we'd let it lie low uh, in a hideout a farm, we bought a farm in Surrey, you know, and converted it into a hideout and, you know, put lots of cans of food there in it, lie low for a few months and then bring it out, you know, in spring when the weather's so it's nice in the spring. Uh, c- why can't we have Christmas when it's warm and we can go out in the streets and eat our Christmas pudding with, in our shirt sleeves? Why do we always have to go around in our overcoats for Christmas pudding? It doesn't seem right to me. Ask a question.
0: I'm going to. Why, John, do you sort of uh, identify with the police force? Is it always because you always wanted to be a law enforcement officer and... Uh, Blackdown down cars, excuse me sir, did you know you were doing <coughs> 32 miles an hour? Well, oh. it, I mean, uh,
1: there is uh, quite a lot of history attached to Plod. Um, very quickly, it'll take about 20 minutes. Um, we did a, a show, a stage show, play almost, where Plod was the, the
2: central character. It's from a book of Roger's poems. Is yeah. has a half, I don't know what book uh, it was, can you uh, remember? The uh, making? Something like that, yes. One of
1: those books uh, that he does. <laughs> and a, as a cons- consequence of uh, personifying the poems, this sort of character emerged. But also, uh, as well as a character, it was a sort of philosophy which we found that we were stuck with uh, r- rather than nicely. Oh, in good. the one that people ho- always have the opinion that uh, a policeman in uniform, particularly, because if he's not in uniform, you don't know he's a policeman, unless he's in his semi uniform of blue you shirt. You can always uh, tell uh, by the feet. Yes, they always have their feet on. Policemen always have their feet <laughs> on. Uh, they always had the, the impression that a policeman was not a friend as such, but something to be avoided, because even though you were innocent of anything except, you know, the actual crimes you committed. Uh, whenever you walked along, you always have the feeling that policemen were going to leap on you and kick you and take you away and accuse you of whatever crimes had been committed, and they hadn't found a vote. There's always that residual feeling around this So it it struck us that in creating Plod, we'd like to create almost the antithesis of what people expect from a policeman, and uh, it, it is embodied in this, that, you know, in his in his carcass. that Plod is so innocent that he doesn't dislike criminals. He doesn't dislike crime. I, his attitude toward it is that you know. It is part of the society that we, we should change, but not change in respect that you, you put up the, the crime all the time, you put up the sentence of the crime all the time. Because, again, it's like shutting the barn door after the cow's eating the milk. What you really need to have is you know, to stop crime altogether. Like if you've got a bank robber and he's running into a bank to steal you know, everybody's life savings and put up the, ra- the bank rates accordingly, then rather than letting him actually do it, and getting away with it and then c- tracking him down and, and you know doing all that melodrama then you stop him you say all right hold on a minute hang about lad just before he run into that there's a bit of a joke i got to tell you you know and, uh, and the, the banker says you know, not just uh, at the moment mac you know i just got this uh, it's, it's all right shall I take a moment lad uh, put your gun away a minute and uh, so you get your joke book out and you read the joke to him and he so helps with laughter the criminal he you know, falls on the floor and, and forgets why he's out you see so this <laughs> is the sort of concept that we had all the time is that you know, you fight crime with a smile, you know, you, you, you stop crime actually happening. Like if, if a policeman is very concerned, most of his time is spent tracking down motorists, stopping them from parking, yeah. uh, making sure that the, that the vehicle is actually, you know, safe on the road. Whereas if, A, you put the speed limit up to 200 miles an hour, then you wouldn't have to worry about speed limits, for instance, and all that side would disappear. If you ban cars out of towns altogether, just think of the spare time policemen having They've able to walk around the streets singing songs, you know, stopping in, you know, in cafes and having yarns with the locals and that sort of thing. So you, you don't feel th- the, the policemen are so concerned with having to combat crime that doesn't really have time for actually being a policeman. And that is somebody who's there to help, guide, uh, instruct, assist, whatever oh, you like. You're know,
2: very optimistic, th- oh. but at it the, it's it's th- at the moment,
1: at the uh, moment, it's all wrong. So this is this is how the the, the plot thing came out, you know, the, the, the desire to try and get a balance, you know, between law and disorder in that respect. Uh, like, Plod is extremely concerned about pollution. I know we all are, but a policeman can't afford to be concerned unless it's, it's an actual law, unless the law says, you know, you, you can't throw tin cans out of a window and hit people on the head because, you know, they um, get hurt, you know, see, that's, that's a common assault or whatever it is. But what we're concerned was is throwing tin cans out the window in the first place, because the rubbish, disposal, and waste, and you know, so in So, I- again, this, this is something that Plod would rather concern himself with, you know, of, of, of fighting you know, this, this rise in, in waste products uh, uh, around us. So it was all that sort of side of it, and the policeman character seemed the best thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a symbol which you all recognise. And we felt like going around universities, the first time Plod comes on stage, we've all gone, Boo, you know, police, oh pigs, that sort of something. And, y- you know, you, you allow this to happen, and you cater for it, and you bring it into the show but gradually as the show goes on they began to change and they began to realize that there's a lot more in conceptions uh than just you know the veneer of a blue uniform and, it, and this, this is what we hoped to try and do i mean it
2: yeah it's a good it's a we're, good we're speaking ideology. very idealos-
1: idealistically at the moment i mean it <coughs> it take a thousand <coughs> years and a million policemen uh probably to you know, to make any sort of change but if along the way somewhere uh, you feel that you know things can be changed because of this sort of attitude. It would be nice. If we'd feel that Plod was working, you know, we feel that he was Yeah it'd be great obsessed.
2: until you see suddenly things like last night you may have not got, you might not have got it down here. But this thing on telly which frightened me about the police force last night was there was a blow accused I've probably seen in the paper say the man with the gun. Mm. And they're all sort of treating it like suddenly they're on telly. And the coppers are going on. They've got guns, and they're sort of going. Well, in the, old, well, in the yeah. old day, I mean, I mean. all right. So we're going back to sort of now. We're going back to Plod. in the old days. Old Plod would have gone along there. And said, oh, come on, No, no, come on, son. And he would have sort. But now it's immediacy It's immediate They've seen it on the telly in Island, so they come along. And it's that to me frightened me. He's yeah. got a shotgun. He's got a, a two revolvers, and it's that instead of the common sense thing of like trying to talk him out some way. Yeah, the, the and the g- gas through the thing, the whole lot, you mm-hmm. know. And then, uh, violence creates violence. Uh, does violence, whatever I mean, Roger? Fritz, Fritz Spiegel had a very
1: interesting article in the uh, the Express this morning. Because going around the, the cities and asking people why they live in their cities and why, th- uh, you know, it affects them. And he was saying that the town planners had moved into Liverpool to to make it move into the uh, to the 80s and that sort of get that sort of attitude. And he's saying he'd rather live. As it used to be like a fishing hamlet, you know, when everything was much slower and easier and, and happier. And this is the same thing Mike's saying because of the pressure of civilization, we're being forced to combat uh, the rise in crime, with, you know, because they're using more and more. Uh, sophisticated and aggressive methods then you think the police have also got to do it in order to protect the, the citizens and, and this this is the tragedy of the whole and thing and it's gonna uh. get
2: to obviously gonna get to the american thing where the bloke goes down the street and he's running away and you just shoot him you know it doesn't matter then then the man on the street the policeman there decides the law and goes bang and shoot somebody gets in the way he's gone too you know that's uh, that to me is the wrong way for civilization to go I mean, mm. I'd, I'd like to see, you, I'd like to see like. police
1: stations with awnings outside, striped awnings and little tables. And, you know, you, you sit down and the, uh, the <laughs> sergeant comes out and says, Hello, what can I do for you? He says, I'll have ice cream and uh, chips, please. Certainly, uh, And then the chief constable comes out with a songbook and plays the piano. You
2: know, I that's
1: sort of... It, I know it's, it's a magical, hairy, fairy, whimsy sort of thing, but I that would be the right sort of atmosphere,
0: you know. Have you ever done the experiment of donning a uniform and going out into a town where people probably wouldn't know that you were John Gorman from The Scaffold and um walking around as if you were a policeman
1: well the, the only you? B- the only I problem is about no. 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 no
0: i mean we did it in edinburgh
1: during the festival uh, in fact we had a girl dressed up as sally hodges and both of us walked around holding hands the only thing was the scottish police have a different style of uniform. They, they all wear the flat hats you see so it became fairly noticeable that it wasn't a real policeman anyway but that c- created quite a story he wanted the idea of seeing a policeman holding a girl's hand a policeman's gun and, and sitting on a park bench and, and cuddling and going into a cafe and joint a cup of tea love, and you know, treating as n- two normal people would do as a, you know, as a civilians you might say would do and a couple would walk around yeah, the, but there's the, always yeah. this a thing again there's always this idea that the image has yeah, got to be yeah. severe yeah. rather than gentle
2: it's well, a great you know, thing when you go abroad and you see uh, coppers just relax because it's sunny you know they're forced down to a slower tempo with their and guns they smoke, yeah with their guns <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's a point. No, well, yeah. Uh, but there's that sort of atmosphere of uh, Magnani, you know, they're smoking a the cigarette and they're relaxing. You Spoken to Magnani, yes. You feel at least you can go up and say hello. Whereas yeah. here it's oh, all I, d- I don't know. You know, they're training. Uh, well, yeah, maybe the impression the, the impression, guns, the impression yes. I always
1: get is that the, yeah. the only country in the world where you can say hello to a policeman really is in, in Britain because you know that they can't shoot you in the leg. <laughs> That's <them> the time. <laughs> I don't know at the time. You're a yeah. clear-off. Bang! <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's time I was in the hospital.
0: <coughs> oh. Well... That was me, David Freeman, talking to the three members of the Scaffold, Mike McGear, who in <laughs> civilian life is Mike McCartney, who was a photographer. is still a photographer. He was called by Brian Epstein "Flash Harry" because he was always taking photographs. So the Scaffold was Mike McGear, called Gear because that was fab in Liverpoolese. Roger McGough and John Gorman. They were talking to me in 1973 because they'd moved from Parlophone, the Beatles record company, to Ireland and there was an album called Fresh Liver. They were very anxious to sell it.